This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back here on Inside Black and Gold. We are joined, as we said it would be, by guest Bob Condota, Seattle Seahawks reporter for the Seattle Times. Bob, how are you doing today? Uh, good, yeah. How are you guys doing? Doing good. You know, so this is a team that the Saints are familiar with in the Seattle Seahawks. They played them last year, but I'm pretty sure, you know, as we get into this, it's going to look a lot different. How has this team changed since the 2021 season with Geno Smith at the helm? Well, you guys actually saw Geno Smith, if you remember. So that was one of the three games he had to start last year mm-hmm. was against the Saints. So um, that was his second start after he had started at, at Pittsburgh. Um, so uh, it'll the, the offense will look a little bit different just because they've, they've, they've sort of now tailored it totally to Geno as opposed to what they had been doing with Russell last year. He sort of, had, you know, Geno kind of had to step in on the fly and, and all that. Um, but, you know, it's it, I mean, the offense is pretty pretty similar uh, other than the, the offensive line has had uh, three new starters, but otherwise, I mean, it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, you know, Will Disley and, and, and Rashad Penny. Uh, Penny actually didn't play. I, I, I don't think against the saints last year it was, he was, that was when he was sort of going through his injury issues as well. So their running back situation was sort of a mess at that time last year. So, I mean, that's probably one, one of the really big things is just the, you know, with, with Penny, their running game has really advanced a lot at the end of last year. And, and he's coming off his best game of this season. Granted, against a terrible defense in Detroit, so uh, you know you got to take everything they sort of did last week with a big uh, with a big grain of salt. They played the 49ers, who might be the best defense in the NFL two weeks ago, and and were shut out. And then two weeks later, they played a terrible defense and scored 48 points. So um, you know, obviously, the the opponent matters a lot there in terms of when you look at their numbers. But they are feeling good about themselves right now, coming off that game. And and yeah, Geno Smith is um, you know he's sort of picking up where he left off last year. If you go back and look at his numbers last year, they were pretty good, um, and that was. Part of why they felt confident in, in turning the job over to him, they were essentially the same as Russell Wilson's during the same, you know, the, the, basically the three and a half games he had to play last year. And and this year he's sort of just doing more of the same. I don't think that anybody expected four weeks into the season that, you know, Geno Smith would have better numbers than Russell Wilson would at this point. Uh, what has been the, I guess, fan reaction about, you know, the Geno takeover in Seattle? Yeah, I, people are pretty excited about it at the moment um, because uh, no doubt, I mean, for the obvious reasons, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of nervousness and trepidation about uh, what's this team going to look like uh, without having Russell there. Uh, you know, again, the fact that he did play those three games last year, you know, he played well when he had to step in when Russell got hurt against the Rams in that game. And then, uh, you know, what was his last start against Jacksonville? He 
He had played well. As, uh, also, that Saints game last year, you know, the weather was really bad. Um, that right. was that might have been about the worst weather they they had had to play in, and they they scored that early touchdown, and they were sort of trying to not you know make a mistake and you know that game was close obviously all the way through so I, I think they got really conservative in that game probably a lot more than they would now um for all those reasons but um yeah i i mean nobody nobody anywhere could have thought he's going to be completing 77 percent of his passes and and doing all that so far um and uh but you know f- for sure people are excited about it at the moment just kind of shifting to the opposite side of the ball i think that's the other thing about the seahawks that you kind of look at and it stands out is 45 points to the Amon Ra St. Brownless Lions last week. You know, what is the identity of this def- defensive group? Is it without Jamal Adams, especially, you know, is, is it a team that's still kind of finding its way there? Yeah, for sure. I, I think they're surprised by the struggles they've been having. Uh, obviously, the loss of Jamal, he got hurt uh, um, basically one, you know, early in the second quarter of the opener. So he really only played one quarter of football this year, I think 15 snaps. So they were basing a lot um, around a kind of, a, you know, some packages they'd put in to try to get Jamal a little bit more um, rushing the passer and stuff like that this year than, than he had done last year. And um, he actually got hurt on one of those plays uh, where he came in and, uh, and on a blitz and all that. Um but you know they're a pretty veteran team up front. They, I think they thought they'd be better than than they they are up front. They you know that especially their that tackle group. Those are all kind of veteran, highly paid guys. And um, you know they they were second in the NFL last year in yards per carry allowed at three point eight. And this year they're just getting run over by everybody, and they're allowing five point one yards per carry right now. Um, you know the 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 linebackers are sort of finding the, their way a little bit. Um, you know in the post Bobby Wagner world, and you know and and the secondary has been a little bit. You know they they sort of have two two sure things in the secondary and Tariq Woolen and, and Quandre Diggs, but the other spots have, have kind of been up in the air and with some rotating there. Um, you know, they shifted schemes a little bit going to um, sort of the Vic Fangio 3-4. That's something they, they had kind of dabbled in the last few years as well. So I, I don't know that the scheme shift is really that big of a thing, but it's certainly, it's certainly something to examine as well and something they may have to continue to tinker with as they go forward. Right now, what would you say the health is of this team? I know Rashard Penny's Always seems to be a guy that's banged up, but uh, what's the status of the offense and defense right now heading into week five's matchup against the Saints? Yeah, well, I mean, Rashad's been healthy this year. He's played and started every game, so um, I think he's fine. He didn't practice yesterday because he, you know, he played he played a lot of snaps on Sunday. I think that was right. sort of a routine maintenance kind of thing. Um, but uh, um, they, they don't have a ton of big injuries right now, other than obviously Jamal's out for the year and, and some things like that. But if sort of the guys who played against Detroit, um, they really only suffered one injury against Detroit that, that's probably going to keep somebody out, and that's a guy nobody probably has heard, has heard of. Uh, um, but Daryl Johnson, a guy they. Um, guy they claimed off waivers and, and he actually did start the game in one of the outside linebacker spots for them on Sunday. Uh, you know, another spot they're still trying to kind of find the right rotation for, but otherwise they're pretty healthy. Um, you know, the, the kind of all the, all the big name guys on the team, DK and Tyler and um, you know, their tight ends and all that. Um, all those guys have been out there for everything so far this year. Yeah. So kind of the, the broader view of this team, which is interesting to me because the saints are kind of taking it the opposite way, which is, you know, you lose this kind of franchise quarterback, and, you know, the Seahawks seem like a team that reset, but they're finding ways to win. You know, is this a team that is going to be all in going for the playoffs this season? Or, you know, how, how does that go when you kind of have that paradigm shift at quarterback? 
Well, I mean, the thing, you know, the NFL is not baseball. You can't decide to only spend $30 million mm-hmm. and, and retool. You got to spend your money. Um, you know, if you go look, the Seahawks, um, I think they only got about $1 million in cap space. I mean, they've, you know, they've spent their money. They've tried to put together a team that they that they think can do things. You can't really, you know, they're, they're like the NBA. You can't just trade all your guys and tank. You, you kind of have to you know, put out a, put out a team, even if sometimes it doesn't look like that, depending on the franchise. But, um, you know, I, I don't think Pete Carroll's wired to be like, yeah, let's just go two and 15 this year. And, and, you know, he's 71 years old and, and he's rarely had losing seasons in his co- coaching career anywhere. So I think they're trying to do their best each Sunday to, to, to win and see what happens. And, uh, um, so, you know, they do have the, you know, Denver's first round pick next year and their own, they have Denver's second round pick next year as well as their own, um, you know, that's sort of the draft capital they, they, they sort of acquired in the Russell trade. Um, and if they are, are going to need to do some things to, to try to find a quarterback, I mean, who knows what the quarterback situation will be, uh, you know, whether Gino is playing his way into being a legitimate thought, Gino turns 32 here in just a couple of days and he's only on a one year contract. So, you know, if he keeps playing like this, it, there'll be a, a big decision to make of whether to, you know, to keep him and, and decide to go that route. If he, you know, if he, keeps completing 77% of his passes, you're probably going to have to try to do that. But, you know, he, he may not be the long-term, you know, for a decade kind of answer here. So that is going to be a really big question. But, you know, they, they thought they put together a pretty representative team around the quarterback situation this year with the, you know, the offensive line, the, the draft picks they made there. Um, you know, you know, they tried to make some moves on defense to improve it, but you know, they spent a lot of draft capital on young defensive players the last few years and, and a lot of guys who were playing. And so, you know, their hope was this was going to be a team that sort of around the quarterback would answer a lot of questions. And then depending on what happened at quarterback, they could be pretty good. But, you know, they're tied for first in the division right now. Everybody's everybody's two and two. So, you know, I, I don't think they're going to try not to make the playoffs. I think they're going to they try to do what they can and, and see what happens. Would you say there's is there a name on offense that, uh, Saints fans should be aware of. Obviously, we know the DK Metcalfs, the Tyler Lockett, uh, even aware of Will Disley. I know he's caught three touchdowns this year, the tight end. But is there another name that uh, we should be looking out for to be an impact player on Sunday? Yeah, I, I mean, the guy who's uh, on offense, he's kind of come along uh, this year who um, the Seahawks were really hoping would and so far has is Colby Parkinson, number 84. He's one of their other you – know, they sort of have – um, you know, kind of two starting tight ends and Noah Fant and Will Disley. And then yeah. Parkinson has played quite a bit. They, you know, they use three tight ends a lot, uh, th- three tight end sets a lot. But, you know, their tight ends are sort of their de facto third and fourth receivers right now. If you go if you go look at the numbers, they, you know, have just guys listed as receivers. They don't have a lot of catches other than from DK and Tyler. Um, but they're sort of using their tight ends and especially Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson as sort of, you know, alternate receivers in, in a lot of these. And so Parkinson's had a couple of big plays. He scored a touchdown. Um, he, he's, he, I think he's averaging almost 19 yards per reception. I think he only has six of them, but that's sort of what he's been is kind of this big play guy so far. Um, you know, six, seven and a pretty fast guy. Um, and I think he's still only 23 years old. He came out early from Stanford. So, um, you know, he's probably the guy that maybe if you haven't heard of before, who you could see out there making some plays on Sunday. Again, we're talking to Bob Condota, Seahawks reporter for the Seattle Times. Bob, one more quick question, then I'll let you go. You know, that week one game with Russell coming back to face the Seahawks, you know, what was the atmosphere like in that building as the as the Seahawks won that game? Because I think, you know, if you went around and polled 100 people, you would have got 100 uh, Broncos win this game answers. You know, what was the atmosphere like for that game? 
Yeah, well, I actually picked the Seahawks in the paper, so I guess there I'm the one go. who didn't. But everybody <laughs> just called me a homer. But I, you know, they, they they've had a way of under Pete Carroll of finding ways to win games like that. I mean, just their prime time record. You know, even before Russell, um, and you guys were at the hands of one of the you know the the 2010 Beastquake game against the Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody thought they could win a game like that. Right. Um, you know, Pete has just always kind of had this knack for. Uh, especially at home for getting these guys getting these guys in a position to win a lot of games like this it was you know unfortunately we're tucked away in the corner in a closed press box so you don't necessarily get that same atmosphere if i was sitting in the stands um but from everybody who was in the stands people have compa- compared it to a lot of the games played the two super bowl years and just kind of the the atmosphere of the playoff games during those years um for just kind of the the raucousness of it you know obviously it was a you know the Seahawks took the lead early and they they never it was either tied or the Seahawks were in the lead the whole way so um you know so Seahawks fans were really into it from the start and and um, obviously it came down to, you know, some, some really key, some really key uh, red zone situations there in the second half. And the Seahawks kind of kept finding ways to make the plays to keep Denver out of the end zone there. And so that got everybody really excited, too. So, um, you know, for sure, I, I think for a regular season game, that was probably about as about as fevered pitch as there's been there. For sure, yeah. It reminded me a bit of Anthony Davis coming back. Falcons couldn't get it done in that one. But I, have a, I imagine the atmosphere was very similar. Again, thanks so much, uh, Bob Condota. Seahawks supporter for the Seattle Times. Make sure to check out his work to get ready for this matchup. Thanks so much for the time, Bob. All right. Thanks, guys. See you in the press box Sunday. There you have it. You know, this is a Seahawks team that is two and two. They have a better record than the Saints. I think if you went around the league and, you know, where you ranked teams, they wouldn't have been nowhere near uh, the middle of the pack uh, in terms of a team that's moving on from Russell Wilson, has all of the assets. But, you know, they're right there. And right now, the Seahawks are a better team than the Saints. So, you know, we've heard of the Beast Quake game. We've heard of the Bomb Cyclone game. Uh, I hope tomorrow has a nickname. And if it does, it's a good one for the Saints because they need it. Yeah, they need it to be like the Red Rifle Returns kind of game, something like that, whatever. But yeah, the Saints need some positive mojo to get going. And yeah, good nickname. Uh, we haven't had one, I think, positive in our favor in a while. The last one I can think of, obviously, is the Minneapolis Miss. I'm not calling it the Miracle. I've said that before. But other than that, yeah, I can't think of a good Saints game that's had a nickname. The no call? Oh, you mean that, positively. That, that, that's terrible, too. Right. You, you mean a positive Saints nickname yeah, game? Yeah, a positive one, right. A positive outcome game. Yeah, we don't get any of those. No. 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 Nope. No. Yeah, there was the thumb game. There was a, you know, there was a, there was a kick six. No. <laughs> the Broncos Alabama. game, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh man right this miss kick i don't know if that one has a nickname but yeah we, we we're due for a positive nickname game so hopefully new and sunday at the superdome scream out your nicknames and hopefully they come true this has been inside black and gold getting you ready for week five saints better win steve tell them let's get that win baby because one in four is just not going to be any fun to talk about we need to at least get closer to being 500 i can't believe that's what we're we're aiming for at this point yeah it's never a good feeling when you have to win to get to near 500 yes this has been inside black and gold brought to you by the lamarck automotive complex there must be a reason make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts give us a rating give us a review and let us know what you think that's the end